Sonny Michelle said this shortly after the Super Bowl. He said, once I step out of the house, I want people to be able to see that God is working in my life. It's not me working. It's not me doing the things that I do. It's him applying those things in my life, giving me the opportunity to be able to reach the next person, make an impact on the platform that I have. He gave me this platform so that I can be able to make an impact. And that's what it's all about. It's just reflecting him. What a fantastic quote from Sony Michelle. This is a truth that God has been teaching us in this new year. God is at work in each one of us and God is at work in all of us. As Paul said, for it is God who is working in you to will and to work according to his good purpose. God's work in us is good and God's purpose for us is good because God is good. God is good all the time and God is good. And so we know and understand this truth from God's word. As followers of Jesus, we also understand that God has given all of us a platform. Our platform may be our job, our schools, our extracurricular activities, our marriage, our relationships, our friendships, our church, our ministry position in our church, our position of service, our gifts, talents, and abilities. God has given each one of us a platform and he wants us to use our platform to bring glory to his name, to point others to Jesus, and to bless others for Jesus. We make the most of the platform God has given to each one of us as we walk by faith in God and in obedience to God day by day. Life is about making God's name famous, not ours. As Sony Michelle said, we should want others to see God at work in our lives. God's work in us is best for us, and it's best for all those that God places around us. And so we know and understand that God was at work in the lives of Paul, Silas, Timothy, and all the believers in the church family in the church in Thessalonica. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to invite you, invite you to open those Bibles up to the book of 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament. If you get to 2 Thessalonians, you've gone one book too far. And uh, you just turn right back to the left to go to 1 Thessalonians. We are studying through 1 Thessalonians verse by verse in our new sermon series titled Stay Ready. We got off to a great start last week as we laid the foundation for this sermon series. We covered the background and the biblical setting to the believers in the church in Thessalonica. If you weren't here last Sunday, I would encourage you to go online this week and watch or listen to the service from last week. Having an understanding of the background of the believers in Thessalonica, the background to this amazing book will help you to understand and receive and grasp all that God's going to teach us through Paul's words to these Thessalonian believers years and years ago, but also through uh, God's words through Paul to us as we study this book. And so we're going to begin in a great place to start. If we're going to start uh, our study going verse by verse through 1 Thessalonians, I think the best place to start is in chapter 1, verse 1. How about you? 
That's where we're going to start this morning is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. So Father God, we ask now, uh, in these next moments, would you open our eyes to the wonderful things in your law? God, would you open our eyes to the wonderful truth that you have for us in your word? God, we desperately need eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say to us this morning. God, we know your Holy Spirit is at work in us. We know your Holy Spirit is going to take the truth of your word and he is going to teach us this morning and he is going to make it uh, applicable to us, relevant to us, powerful in us. And so God, would you also then give us the courage and the desire to do exactly what it is you ask us to do, to make the changes you ask us to make. Uh, we're excited about what you're going to teach us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's begin. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul wrote these words. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We see here immediately Paul identified himself as the author of First Thessalonians. We know Paul wrote this letter to the believers of the church in Thessalonica. Paul introduced his ministry team in Thessalonica, which included Silvanus, or we know that's another name for Silas, and we'll know him and get to know him in this study as Silas, and Timothy. Silas ministered with Paul on Paul's second missionary journey. Remember, as we shared last week, Paul and Barnabas separated on their second missionary journey and doubled the ministry of their first missionary journey as Barnabas took John Mark and went one direction. Paul took Silas and went the other direction on the second missionary journey, encouraging the churches. We know Timothy is Paul's son in the faith, Paul's disciple. Timothy ministered with Paul on Paul's second missionary journey as well. Timothy joined Paul's ministry team from Lystra, his hometown, on Paul's second missionary journey. And Timothy, for the most part, stayed with Paul from that point forward. He was discipled and mentored by Paul. Timothy actually carried on the ministry and work of Paul after Paul was put to death for his faith in Christ Jesus. So Timothy maintains his role, not just in this book of 1 Thessalonians, but all throughout the New Testament, a prominent role that Timothy played. And so Paul wrote, Paul, Silvanus, or Silas, and Timothy to the church. The church in original language is ecclesia. The church literally means the called out ones in Christ Jesus. Church means the called out ones in Christ Jesus. Church doesn't mean a building. Church means the called out ones in Christ Jesus. Those who have been called out of the darkness of sin into the marvelous light of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church, you and me, we are God's called out ones in Christ Jesus. God has called us out of the darkness of sin into the marvelous light of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul says to the church, of the Thessalonians. Of the Thessalonians obviously refers to the local church family, the local believers there in the church in Thessalonica. And then he continues in verse 1, and he says, In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ emphasizes the unity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
we believe in one God expressed in three persons. Uh, the Trinity, as it's often called. And so we see Paul here was affirming the deity of Jesus Christ. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, God in the flesh. Paul was affirming this truth. And then we also know in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ identifies. It doesn't just emphasize God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It also identifies the believers in the church in Thessalonica as Paul's brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We become sons and daughters of God by his grace alone, through our faith alone, in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And so we see there is rich truth even in this initial greeting. Notice, if you will, Paul addressed their physical location in Thessalonica, and then Paul addressed their spiritual location in Christ Jesus. So we see there's some exciting news for us already before we even finish verse 1. Here's the exciting news. As followers of Jesus Christ, though our physical address may change, and it may change often, our spiritual address never changes. We are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. And so we see this here in Paul's initial greeting. What's Paul's greeting? Paul's greeting is real simple. Grace to you and peace. He then shares his greeting. Grace to you and peace. This is Paul's familiar greeting in his letters to the churches. Notice that Paul got the order of this greeting correct. It's grace, then peace. Once we receive the grace of God, we have peace with God and we're able then to be filled with the peace of God. It's grace, then peace. Grace is the unearned, undeserved love of God and favor of God lavished on us in Christ Jesus. It is the undeserved, unearned favor of God lavished on us in Christ Jesus. We have done nothing to deserve or earn God's grace or God's salvation. We know according to the truth of God's word, we were once dead in our sins and transgressions. We were separated from God because of our sin against God. We had no help or no hope of getting rid of our sin and getting to God on our own. If we're talking about what we truly deserve, we deserve justice from God. We deserve the holy wrath and punishment from God because of our sin against God. But the truth of God's word reminds us in these two simple words, but God. Say those words with me. But God. But God showed us his grace, which is why Paul says grace to you and peace. Paul shared in Ephesians chapter 2, if you're taking notes, jot this address down. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 and verses 8 and 9. We'll talk about those in just a moment. But in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 and 5, after talking to us about how we were once dead in our sins and transgressions, when we lived in disobedience to God as we lived according to the ways of this world, Paul said in verse 4, but God, say that with me, but God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. 
in chapter 2, verses 8. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is God's gifts to us, not from work so that none of us can boast. So we know and understand God's grace is called amazing because God's grace is amazing. It's amazing. The grace of God is an amazing reality for you and me in Christ Jesus. God showed his amazing grace to us as he sent his son Jesus to earth to pay the price for our sins, which was too expensive for us to pay on the cross of Calvary. God showed his amazing grace to us by forgiving us our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect blood of Jesus that he shed for us on the cross of Calvary. God showed his grace of us, his amazing grace to us, as he drew us into relationship with him by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. This grace that God has given us is amazing. And really there's no greater greeting that Paul can say than grace to you. Grace to you. Now listen, the grace of God allows us to experience peace with God. Once we have received God's gift of salvation by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we understand and realize biblically that we have peace with God. Paul said this in Romans 5 and verse 1. Take a note, jot this address down. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, therefore, since we have received God's gift of salvation, Paul is saying, by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we've been declared righteous by faith in Jesus. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know and understand when we receive the grace of God through the gift of God's salvation of us in Christ Jesus, we are no longer enemies of God due to our sin against God. Our war with God due to our sin against God has been ended. We're no longer enemies of God. No, we have peace with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And we know this grace of God allows us as well, not just to experience peace with God. We are no longer enemies of God. We are friends of God. We are children of God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. But we are also now able to be filled with the peace of God. Not just peace with God, but it's the peace of God that we are filled with on a day-by-day basis. Peace is simply the sense of calm and well-being that we have because we know everything is okay between us and God in Christ Jesus. Peace, the peace of God is the sense of calm, the sense of assurance, the sense of well-being, the sense of confidence that you and I have. Why? Because we know that we know that we know that we are right with God in Christ Jesus. And that gives us peace. Therefore, as followers of Jesus, we know God loves us. God is with us. God is in us. God is watching over us. God is working in us, through us, and around us. And we know these biblical truths from God's word fills us with God's peace. These biblical truths from God's word fills us with God's peace. And we also know it is the peace of God that surpasses all our understanding. It is the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so that we can live for Christ Jesus. As followers of Jesus Christ. This is awesome. This is great news for us. As followers of Jesus Christ. What a greeting. Grace to you and peace. What a great way to start each day. For us to get up and just realize, God, thank you for your grace to me. 
in Christ Jesus, which fills me with your peace. And now, Father God, I pray that you would allow me to walk in your grace and peace from this point forward, step by step, day by day, as I make my way through what you have for me today. That's what God desires for us. What gets in the way of this sense of peace? Well, sin in our lives. Sin in our lives can rattle that peace. So we understand and realize Paul packed truth into this simple greeting, grace to you and peace. Now, I want to identify four points about this greeting from Paul. Four points about God's grace and peace. Four points about this grace and peace that Paul is talking about uh, here in this greeting. And we'll see this in just these few simple words. There is great truth. We're just going to mine some of the depths of this truth this morning. We won't be able to labor long on this, but I want you to see how much truth is in just these five simple words, grace to you and peace. First, we see grace and peace reminds us of our blessings in Jesus. Grace and peace reminds us of our blessings in Jesus. We know and understand that God's grace and peace are gifts from God to us that we receive by faith in Jesus. Grace is a blessing from God that helps us come to know Jesus. Peace is a blessing from God that helps us live for Jesus. God's grace and peace helps us to stand firm in our faith in Jesus. God's grace and peace helps us to live in our victory in Jesus. God's grace and peace helps us to be effective witnesses for Jesus. God's grace and peace helps us to be effective ministers for Jesus. God's grace and peace are amazing blessings to us in Christ Jesus. And so whenever we read and see and understand Jesus here, whenever we understand and realize the grace and peace Peace that is ours in Jesus. It is a great blessing to you and me. Grace and peace reminds us of our blessings in Jesus. But listen, secondly, grace and peace reminds us of our change in Jesus. Grace and peace reminds us of our change in Jesus. So when you read grace to you and peace, I want you to begin thinking about the richness of these words, this greeting from Paul to the Thessalonians from God to you and me this morning. Understand grace and peace reminds us of our blessings in Jesus. It reminds us of our change in Jesus. We were once dead in our sins and transgressions. And now we are made alive with God in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. Shout hallelujah. That's a good time to shout hallelujah. I know you didn't even need my encouragement. That's a good time. We were once dead in our sins, and now we have been made alive by God in Christ Jesus. Listen, there's no greater change than the change from death to life and darkness to light. There's no greater change than that. And grace to you and peace reminds us of our change in Jesus. You see, it's God's grace and peace that reminds us and helps us to understand we are new creations in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. His grace and peace reminds us the guilt of our past has been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace reminds us that shame has been washed away by Jesus. Grace and peace reminds us of this change that God has made 
in us in Christ Jesus. And then all that God has for us through that change in Christ Jesus. Man, this is awesome. Grace you in peace reminds us of our blessings in Jesus, reminds us of our change in Jesus. Grace and peace reminds us of our unity in Jesus. Our unity in Jesus. Now, hang on tight for this. This amazing point that biblical scholars have identified for us and shared with us, and it's simply this. Uh, biblical scholars have told us share with us, back in Paul's day, grace was the Greek greeting in Paul's day. Peace was the Hebrew greeting in Paul's day. So what Paul is doing here is he took these greetings and supersized them with God's truth. He took these greetings, these common greetings, grace and peace, and he supersized them with God's truth. What do you mean? Here's what I mean. Unity in Jesus was vitally important for these Thessalonian believers to understand in Paul's day because one of the biggest challenges to the early church was helping the Jews and Gentiles grasp this understanding of their unity in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace united Hebrews, Greeks, Jews, and Gentiles in Jesus. As Paul himself said in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, Jesus Christ tore down the dividing wall of hostility that separated the Jews and the Gentiles in the temple area. Jesus himself is our peace. And so we know biblically, Jews and Gentiles alike have access to God by faith in Jesus Christ. And so when Paul wrote grace to you and peace, he's not only reminding them of their blessings in Jesus, he's not only reminding them of their change in Jesus, he's calling them and holding them accountable to their unity in Jesus. He's saying, hey, listen, Jews and Gentiles, you guys need to get along and you need to go along in Jesus' name. So, we look at this word and we understand this truth as well. Unity in Jesus is important for us today as well. God's grace and peace reminds us we are one in Jesus. God's grace and peace reminds us not of just our blessings in Jesus and our change in Jesus, but our unity in Jesus. You see, God's grace and peace reminds us of our unity together in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? It means this, whether you're young or old, male or female, rich or poor, black, brown, or white. We are one by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Listen now. We're going to go a little bit further. We're going to go further. This is good. We're going to get a little bit further here. Remember the words to the old children's song. Red and yellow, black and white. We are all precious in God's sight. And so grace to you and peace reminds us today, as we're reading this, of our blessings in Jesus, our change in Jesus, our unity in Jesus. It reminds us whether we're African Americans, Asian Americans, Indian Americans, Latino Americans, or white Americans, or a beautiful mixture of these ethnicities, we are one in Christ Jesus. We are one. In Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, then it is incumbent, it is imperative upon us. We are responsible to 
cherish our differences. We're responsible to celebrate our differences and we're responsible to learn about our differences in the name of Jesus for the glory of Jesus. You see, I want you to understand the beauty of our church is in the color in our church. Realize that. The beauty in our church is in the color in our church. That's the beauty of this church. It's in the color in this church. And if discrimination, hatred, and injustice due to the color of our skin is ever going to end, it must start with us. It must start with us. Amen. It must start with us. It must start with us. Why? Because we're new creations in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means we're under new management. We're under new management. Our thoughts and our feelings and our actions and our attitudes and our words should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. We no longer think the way the world thinks. We no longer live the way the world lives. We no longer believe the way the world believes. We no longer do the things the world does. We no longer say the things the world says. We no longer act the ways the world acts. No, we are in Christ Jesus. And we are to think and we're to feel and we're to act and we're to speak as that of Jesus Christ. That's how we're to speak. And we need to understand, amen, we need to understand that this unity in Christ Jesus is sweet. Sweet. And it ministers to all those around us. And listen, we must, we must be the change. We must be the ones to sound the alarm in the midst of our culture Screaming and hollering and chaos and hatred and discrimination and injustice running rampant. Except for the church of Jesus Christ. To say grace to you in peace. You see, we're, we're blessed. You see, we've been changed. And so we, we have unity in Christ Jesus. You see, that blood of Jesus helps to make us colorblind. Now, that's hard to be. Some would say it's impossible. But I would say in Christ Jesus, it's possible. As we continue to understand that God's grace and peace reminds us of our unity in Christ Jesus. We are family. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're family. And we have the joy and privilege of doing life together in unity with God, first and foremost, but with one another in Christ Jesus. Now, get a little bit more personal to us and our church family. It is this unity in Christ Jesus that we, as our elders and deacon leadership, believe God is using to call us, our church family, all of us, to seek his face about starting our new ministry, Crossridge in Espanol. We've talked about this over the past several weeks. We've been in a season of prayer for these past three weeks, specifically praying about God's direction and will uh, for us to move forward in this new exciting ministry, Crossridge in Espanol. We're excited about the opportunity that God may want to use us in his plan of reaching Latino men, women, boys, and girls for Jesus Christ in and around our church. We're excited about this new opportunity of ministry because this church family has long had a passion to see people come to faith in Jesus. 
we're excited about this new opportunity for ministry because this church family has long had a passion to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations, those who are close to us and those who are far from us. We're excited about this new ministry opportunity because we believe God has already placed his leader for this new ministry opportunity in our church family. Pastor Daniel Silva, Magdalena, and their boys, we believe that's the one God has called to begin and to carry us into this new ministry as we move forward by God's grace and peace in this new year, in this new area of ministry. And our elders and deacon leadership have come to you and we've said over the past three weeks, we want you to pray. Would you pray and ask God to open your eyes to affirm in you the same thing that he's affirmed in us. And we firmly believe that God is calling us to step out in faith and trust in him because when God is doing his work in us, he wants faith from us. And so we believe he's asking us to step out in faith and to follow him as we launch this new exciting ministry, Crossridge in Espanol in 2019. And so now is the time. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you're ready, shake your head with me. I hope you're ready. Better now than ever. Let's just go ahead and go for it right now. Before we get to the announcements and some folks have to leave to go to their area of service. Now we can all be a family. We're all family here right now. Let's just do it in this way. It's a real simple way of affirmation we do around here in our church family. If you agree with our elders and deacon leadership and you are excited about following God by faith and affirming his call in our life to begin this new ministry, Crossridge in Espanol, in this new year, would you let it be known by shouting amen? Amen. All right. I think that's pretty unanimous. That's pretty unanimous. We will continue moving forward following God by faith. Because when God is at work in us, he wants faith from us. And so we're going to follow him by faith day by day as he leads us in this new exciting ministry. And he's going to lead us together and we'll continue sharing all that he has for us in the weeks and days to come. But listen, we also see this fourth point, God's grace and peace reminds us of our call to live for Jesus. It reminds us of our call to live for Jesus. We're called as followers of Jesus to live for Jesus. We live for Jesus as we depend on Jesus. We live for Jesus because of our love for Jesus. We live for Jesus by the power of Jesus. We live for Jesus as we obey the commands of Jesus. Remember, living for Jesus means living in obedience to God's word just like Jesus did. The word of God directs our walk with God. And so we know and understand this morning that since we have received God's grace and peace so freely, we must also show God's grace and peace freely to those who deserve it and those who don't. To those who receive it from us and to those who don't. To those who return it to us and to those who don't. We're to show God's grace and peace freely to all those God places around us. So we see grace to you and peace in this amazing greeting of truth in God's word, both for the Thessalonians years ago and for us as well today. Now, it's important to also to understand that Paul wanted this letter read in the church, by the church. If you look just to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 27, real quick, this goes along, the, almost the last verse goes along with the first verse, uh, the next to the last verse, verse 27 of chapter 5, I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. So Paul wanted to make sure that all of the believers in the church in Thessalonica heard these words of instruction and encouragement from God so that all the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in the church in Thessalonica could obey these words of instruction and encouragement from God. 
He wanted to make sure that this letter was read to all the brothers and sisters in the church. Remember, these were not Paul's words to the Thessalonians. Make sure you're clear on this. These are not Paul's words to the Thessalonians. These are God's words through Paul to the Thessalonians. And so we see the importance of hearing from God by his Holy Spirit as he spoke through this letter to the believers a couple of thousand years ago in Thessalonica and as God continues to speak by his Holy Spirit through these words to you and me today. Paul then followed his greeting to the Thessalonians with his thanks for the Thessalonians. Look at verse 2. We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. Paul demonstrated the discipline of prayer and thankfulness. A key element in prayer, we mentioned this a little bit last week, a key element in prayer is thanks. Thankfulness should be a part of our prayer life at all times. We can always thank God for his grace and peace to us in Jesus. We can always thank God that he wants us to pray, that he hears and answers our prayers, that his answers to our prayers are best for us. We can always give thanks to God that we can pray anywhere, anytime, and all the time. As someone once said, it doesn't matter how often people try to take prayer out of schools, as long as there are tests in school, there will be prayer in school. And there's truth in that. There's truth. You can't keep us from praying. We can pray anywhere, anytime, all the time. We can thank God for as many blessings to us as Paul said. We have received every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's a lot. Plenty to get with the Father and begin thanking him over and over and over and over again. We can actually as well, and I want to challenge you. This is a challenge to my heart. I want to challenge this to yours as well. I believe this is from the Holy Spirit. We can always give thanks to God for all those he places around us. We can give thanks to God. We should give thanks to God, not just for as many blessings in our lives, but we should always thanks God, thank God, give thanks to him for the people he places around us because whether friend or foe, whether we get along with them or not, we know that they have been placed by there by our sovereign God to be used as a part of his work of transforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. God uses people in our lives to develop the fruit of the Spirit in us of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it is certainly easy to see that in the people that God places around us that we love. But we need to also understand and realize that all those God places around us, even those who may be hard to love, even those who may oppose us, even those who may come against us, even those who may be actively speaking things about us, trying to uh, undo what God is doing in and around us, trying to bring us down, even those folks, we need to give thanks to God for placing those folks around us. Why? Because he is using them in some way in his work in our lives of making us more like Jesus. If he wasn't using them, he wouldn't have them around us. And so the other thing we realize is when we spend time praying and thanking God for all his blessings and for all those around us, it automatically changes how we see those around us. And it allows us to do what Solomon said and allows us to turn away angry words with a gentle answer. It allows us to respond in love to those who seek us harm. It allows us to respond in grace and peace to those who are critical. It allows us to heap burning coals 
on folks' heads who are trying to oppose us, to come against us and tear us down. It allows us to be the ministers and servants that God calls us to be in Christ Jesus. Uh, and so we see the importance of thankfulness. Now let's just look at a few points uh, and we'll hit on these real quick. Uh, a few points about prayer in this verse. Notice you, you can see some things here in this verse. Number one, Paul and his team prayed. Paul and his team thanked God as they prayed to God. Notice that in verse two. Paul and his team thanked God for the Thessalonian believers. Paul and his team prayed for the Thessalonian believers often. We know Paul prayed most often uh, for these believers for their spiritual growth and maturity. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10, Paul said, as we pray earnestly night and day, that's often, to see you face to face and to complete what is lacking in your faith. Paul knew the best thing for him, the best thing for these Thessalonian believers, and the best thing for all believers, including us, is growing in our faith in Jesus. You see, prayerfulness and thankfulness are disciplines that help us grow in our faith in Jesus. They help us grow in our love for Jesus. They help us grow as witnesses for Jesus. Quick warning when it comes to prayer. It's easy for us to say to someone, oh yes, I will pray for you. And it's even easier at times for us to forget to pray for that one that we said, yes, I will pray for you. There's great power in prayer. And so we understand and realize one of the most simple ways to keep from forgetting to pray for others is when we hear of a request from someone, we need to stop what we're doing and pray for that someone right then and right there. It's real simple. If, it's, uh, if, if we receive a request by text, email, phone call, Facebook, we need to stop, begin praying right there. If it's in person, we need to stop right there and just put our arm around that person and let's pray immediately for that request and then continue praying for that request as the Lord works in and through our lives. Thankfulness, prayerfulness, prayerfulness are disciplines that help us in every way as followers of Jesus Christ. So what's our takeaway today? What's our takeaway? What does God want us to, to apply? How, what are the application points? And what can we walk away with this day, this week, as we seek to apply these truths in our lives? Let me just give you a few real quick. Number one, we should rejoice in God's grace and peace. We should rejoice in God's grace and peace. We were once blind, but now we can see in Jesus. We were once lost, but now we are found in Jesus. The scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. Therefore, we can boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses because God's power rests on us. And God will make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you'll be able to abound in every good work. Peace God gives to us. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. You will keep in perfect peace, the scripture says, the mind that is dependent on you, for it is trusting in you. I keep the Lord in mind always. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. We know the scripture says that we don't need to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. And the peace of God transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need to rejoice in God's love for us, God's pursuit of us, God's grace in us, and God's peace for us. And listen, we can rejoice in God's grace and peace once we have received God's grace and peace by placing our faith and trust in Jesus. 
second thing we need to do is we need to embrace our unity in Jesus. We need to embrace our unity in Jesus. We have unity with God and unity with one another in Christ Jesus. Now listen, it's real simple to think about it in this way. Praise God, we don't all look the same. Praise God, we don't all sound the same. Praise God, we are all members of the same family in Christ Jesus. And so we need to understand there is beauty in unity. We need to embrace the unity that we have in Christ Jesus. And one of the ways we're able to embrace this unity, one of the ways we're able to live in this unity, we're changed in Jesus. We have this unity in Jesus. We're called to live for Jesus. So that means we need to, to live in ways that demonstrate our unity in Jesus. It's real simple. The scriptures tell us in Matthew chapter 7, simply do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's real simple. As followers of Jesus, one of the ways that we can live out our unity in Jesus is doing to one another as we would have one another do to us. And doing to others as we'd have them do to us. Demonstrating this love that we have, this grace and peace that is ours through our unity together in Jesus. And then we need to pray uh, for one another and with one another. We need to pray for one another with one another. Pow there is power in prayer. Power in prayer. We need to take time every day all throughout the day to pray. We need to pray for one another. We need to thank God for one another by name. We need to pray with one another. We need to pray for one another in our needs. That's why we have prayer partners. That's why we have invitation time. That's why we have life teams. That's why we have opportunities throughout our ministry to pray with and for one another. It's vitally important. Prayer is one of the best things. It's one of the most effective things. It's one of the most loving things. It's one of the most powerful things we can do for one another. Prayer is a must for us in Christ Jesus. We need to pray for one another. There is power in prayer. I was preparing this morning, praying, asking God to continue speaking in preparation for our time together. And I don't do this. Early in the morning, I, general practice is I put my phone away and I don't check, put it on silent, I don't check it till uh, later after services, after even sometimes after lunch. But for whatever reason, I really uh, don't have the reason in that myself. I know now after what God did, it was his call. But I decided this morning, uh, about 15, 20 minutes before the service, I, I pulled my phone out just to check it for whatever reason. And there was a text from a, a dear brother of mine in Christ Jesus. States and states away. Go way, way back with one another. Communicate with one another periodically. Not every day, not every week. Periodically, we just communicate one another. One of those relationships that when we get back together again, it's like we've never been apart because we have that common bond in Christ Jesus. And uh, he had sent me a text. And it was almost to the day, three months since our last text. Let's look back. And his text was simply this. What can I pray for you about this morning? As I looked at that text, I didn't think, man, how great is Rich? And I tell you, how great is my buddy Rich? I thought, how great are you, God? That text was from you, God. 
just chose to use him. Knowing what this word said this morning was God's text to say, preach my word. God is at work in each one of us, and God is at work around us. There is great power in prayer. It's a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Let's bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in prayer.